My name is Pedro Mujabafid, and we at TMC aim to discuss and inform students regarding topics which aren't covered well in medical school. This interview series is aimed at answering the questions that medical students, interns and doctors-to-be have regarding the various career pathways for medical graduates. Now, the views and opinions expressed here are purely personal and are not reflective or representative of the stance of any employer, college, medical service, endorsement or other person. Alright, let's start the show. Hi everyone, today we're discussing psychiatry with Dr. Jeffrey Kerwin, who is a psychiatrist consultant and director of medical services. Hi Jeff, thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you? Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've come to be where you are today? Um, well, it, it um, uh, dates back quite a while now. Um, I suppose um, if you're interested from um, the time I graduated from medical school. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe just a quick rundown of how you've gotten to be here. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So um, I, I did my medical um, training in New Zealand. So I'm an Otago graduate, having spent three years um, in Otago and then three years at the Christchurch Clinical School. Um, so once I um, graduated, I actually went down to um, Timaru Hospital, which is uh, um, about two hours south of Christchurch, and it was a, a small um, uh, hospital based in a, a, a town of about um, 30,000 people. And, and I went there really because I was getting a bit bored. Um, so when I'd finished my um, um, final year at um, medical school, which is what we call our um, trainee intern year. Um, I was feeling that um, I was doing as much as the um, the interns, um, and I couldn't sort of see much chance of getting any um, sort of autonomy um, with with so many layers of um, medical staff above me as as a as an intern. So. I went to Timaru because um, there was really only one um, sort of medical registrar and one surgical registrar and um, there were about 12 um, interns. So I went down there, had a year there which was really um, um, great because you know at times we were on call being the only medical person in the whole emergency department. So um, quite often I was having to um, consult with nurse um, uh, and various textbooks um, when um, various presentations came in and um, we were obviously supported by the consultants but was much more at a distance so it sort of fulfilled my um, desire um, to sort of be at the cold face and have to be a little bit more autonomous and have to think on your feet and, and, and rather than um, being sort of supervised as closely as one would have been had I remained in a tertiary centre. So um, so that's sort of where I um, 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 cut my teeth, I suppose, in Timaru Hospital. And then um, after that, I had a bit of a, a sea change. I wanted to come to Australia. And so I um, uh, got a job at St Vincent's Hospital um, uh, in Sydney. And... Um, um, it was probably too much of a change. There were a lot of um, personal things happening for me at the time, and um, I actually resigned after um, um, two or three months and came back to, to New Zealand. So uh, um, I always wonder what might have happened had I sort of remained um, back in um, back back in Sydney at that time. So that would have been around um, early 1992. So, uh, so I came back to New Zealand 
um, and did various um, sort of relieving jobs in Christchurch um, as a um, HMO uh, two, uh, and um, and that's where I sort of um, I suppose made the decision um, eventually to go into psychiatry. Um, it wasn't my first um, decision or career path. Um, I had initially wanted to become a physician or something in the medical um, area. Um, probably going to do my physician training was going to sort of open up lots of opportunities. For example, dermatology. Um, I also sort of wondered about, um, you know, even going down the radiology uh, track. Um, and it, I suppose sort of um, fate intervened. Um, and one of my relieving jobs is an HMO two. Um, I happened to be doing uh, a, a, a six weeks or so in old age psychiatry, which I'd actually done in the same unit as a fourth year um, medical student, and um, I enjoyed it. Um, and my consultant at the time, when he heard that I was thinking about being a physician, he said, uh, "You know, have you ever thought about actually doing psychiatry, and in particular old age psychiatry?" Um, and I really hadn't given it any hadn't previously given us any thought and uh, so I gave it some thought and actually thought I really liked the the unit I liked the patients I liked the um, the type of work and in actual fact um, doing old age psychiatry I was able to actually still apply a lot of my general medical knowledge and my um, skills in physical diagnostic and examination um, work. So, um, and I think there was also at that stage thinking about lifestyle, um, thinking about the, um, you know, going forward in terms of thinking about, you know, on-call commitments and and all of those things in the, as a physician, um, that was, but it was mainly the, the, the patients and the type of work that really sort of swung me and um, it was probably just if I hadn't have done that particular run as a relieving HMO2 at that time with that consultant, with that background, I might well have done, um, had a different uh, trajectory. So, um, so then I, um, um, I applied for the psychiatry um, road um, you know, to become a psychiatry registrar and um, as a, in a training position. And in Christchurch, all of the psychiatry registrars are training. We don't have any, didn't have any non-training ones. So basically, if you got in, you were expected to be training. And so I applied and was interviewed and was lucky enough to get in. Um, and uh, so that was sort of a major decision and as I say, it was probably more opportunistic in, in lots of ways. Um, but I was really happy to have made that decision. It seems to be the way that a lot of people go into a field where they've had a really good experience with a particular team, with a particular consultant, and that yep. seems to be often the deciding factor. Because oftentimes it is quite difficult to pick out of the all the different specialties that we can go into. It can be really difficult to pick which one we absolutely love if you haven't grown up wanting to do something mm. and often it does seem to come back to something like that you mentioned that when you made the change to a smaller uh, hospital to cut your teeth that was a really good experience and I liken that to uh, working rural 
um, in Australia and yeah. trying to do, um, I guess, get a little bit more experience there. Is that something that you'd recommend for all people to try or is it only really suited to some people? Um, I think it's probably more suited for some people. Um, um, certainly when you um, finish medical school and, and I, it's just an observation, it, it, you know, times are different or maybe um, because I never did my training in Australia, but it certainly would seem now that um, the, um, the interns that are becoming an intern haven't had the same sort of experience that I had in my sort of undergraduate uh, years, particularly in New Zealand, we have the trainee intern year where where the um, the trainee interns or the sixth year medical students are basically ward based, um, and um, for eight eight sessions out of ten per week, and the only two sessions are going off for sort of group teaching. Um, and so basically the rest of the time you're actually sort of on the ward basically doing what the interns are doing um, so um, so to cut a long story short I mean I think that you know to, to go somewhere rurally I think you just probably have to have a bit more confidence um, and um, and um, probably just need to um, feel less anxious about not having the same sort of supervision and support um, it's still there but it's not as direct or you, as in a, in a tertiary hospital so it does suit some people over others is there a particular time in our uh, junior medical career or a senior medical career where it's more it's more beneficial to go rural um, usually earlier than than later so certainly um, if it's not in a in, in a as an intern you know certainly as an HMO sort of um, two um, um, or three but after that I mean often people are wanting to um, to to do further training and then um, you know come back to a, a bigger center um, to do the training so it's probably in that first three years do you think that stepping outside of a tertiary hospital um, uh, changes your chances of getting into, for example, specialist training or making those um, relationships with people who might be good references later on? Um, I think that's the fear. I think that's you know certainly what um, um, some junior doctors believe. Um, I, I can only really speak in terms of... Um, um, generally and more specifically with regards to psychiatry I mean I don't think that it I think it makes less of a difference than than what um, junior doctors believe um, I think there is this um, fear that if you don't stay in the big big white hospital and 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 have those relationships and interactions that you won't um, there's a fear that you won't sort of be able to get into a, a, a good training position I think that is um, um, perhaps an exaggeration and I think that if you you know do well in a rural place have demonstrated and got extra skills and abilities and um, and and you can demonstrate that when you apply um, I think I wouldn't see that as being a, a disadvantage mm -hmm. um, certainly there may be some particular subspecialties or um, that there may be a little bit more of that networking um, but um, you know, overall, I think it's less of a should be less of a consideration um, compared with actually 
the desire for people to go out and do what they want to do and get that experience and 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 and, and taste what it's like um, to be sort of away from a, a bigger centre. Sure. Make sure to keep in touch with us through social media. Our handle is at the Med Collab. That's T H E M E D C O L A B on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our podcast for our weekly release. Now back to the show. Let me ask you a few questions about your medical administrative work, and then we'll come back to ask you about psychiatry. Can you tell us how you came to um, do medical administrative work and get your fellowship there? Like what decisions or what uh, life situations led you to choosing to do that? Yeah. So, um, so just to put some context, um, I, um, I, I, I graduated from medicine in 1990. I got my psychiatry fellowship in uh, 1999. Um, and it wasn't until 2011, um, just looking at my certificate, um, that I got my fellowship in medical administration. So there's a bit of a, um, a, a time gap. Um, and, and I suppose I fell into medical administration again um, as a um, as a psychiatrist in, in the service in Christchurch I um, over a few years I sort of found myself um, as the um, the clinical director for the for my particular service for old age for old age psychiatry so it was a sort of small service um, we probably had about um, six to eight um, psychiatrists in, in the old age area um, and quite a big big service in terms of service delivery and then um, after that a few, two or three years later then I uh, happened to be promoted to the clinical director for geriatric medicine as well as um, old age psychiatry so I was in charge of um, the geriatric medicine services as well and then um, um, it, before or around the time of doing my fellowship in medical administration, I was also had a further promotion where I was also in charge of um, rehabilitation um, services. Um, so um, I suppose I, I became more and more of my job became administrative um, over quite a number of years. Um, and so in the end, I was doing about half and half. And um, I heard about the um, f- um, medical administration f- fellowship through the college um, because my boss at the time, um, the chief medical officer in Christchurch, had just done his fellowship, and so um, um, I he was he had also previously been he was also a geriatrician, and I was you know obviously one of my roles was one of the roles he used to do, so he was somewhat of a mentor. So um, I had that role model, um, and I was also sort of doing the job, and so I again applied, and the Medical Administration Fellowship is is one that you can either do as a registrar for three years, or you can um, go to interview and you can um, be recognised for degrees um, of prior learning, um, which can sort of shorten the the fellowship pathway, and so I was um, given a um, a year um, in order to um, to do some various um, uh, um, small courses and so on over that year and to practice for the exams then I sat at the end of the year 
um, and and passed. So so I didn't do it as a registrar. I sort of did it as a um, um, as a as a specialist sort of working in the area um, with that recognition of um, prior learning. I still had to sit the exam. It's the same exam that the um, the registrars um, sat as well. So so for me it was um, it. Yeah, it, it, I was doing the job anyway, and I thought in order to um, give myself um, the authority, I suppose, um, to be in that position, um, it, it meant that I I really needed to get that fellowship. Besides the authority that it gives you, does, is it like a prerequisite that you have to fill for certain positions? Um, not at the moment, but it will become more and more so. So. Um, going in the future so um, uh, it would be difficult to you know um, you know get a job uh, a substantial job in medical administration without um, some affiliation with the College of Medical Administrators so some people are associate fellows um, but um, I think the best way is to is to is to um, get a fellowship um, having said that um, I'm also a, a great believer in the fact that it's. I think it's important to have more qualifications than just a fellowship in medical administration. Um, you know, I'm not an advocate for people um, just having that as their sole medical sort of specialist qualification. I mean, I think it really is really good if people can also, um, you know, have a fellowship in. Um, in another area, for example, I, I've got a fellowship in psychiatry. Um, I think that it sort of um, also helps to, um, you know, give you a better understanding of um, how the medical system works, how clinical medicine works, because you've obviously worked in area of clinical medicine, and also I think it gives, um, you know, um, the people that um, that you are answerable to. Um, you know, people that you're sort of supervising as the as a maybe a director of medical services or a chief medical officer. It gives um, some um, um, degree, I think, of respect, really. Sure. Um, yeah. And besides, I guess, be- becoming, for example, director of medical services and whatnot. What other pathways does this medical administrative open you up to? Um, certainly, the um, it, it, it can open you up to. Um, uh, and you know a number of um, jobs. I mean, um, some people have have the um, the fragma, um, and 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 just maintain um, their roles as a clinical director in their service, but they they um, have this as a um, additional administrative qualification. Um, um, I suppose. Um, the chief medical officer uh, jobs, um, the um, the fellowship in medical administration um, is um, would be seen to be a prerequisite um, nowadays for that, and so I've been lucky um, that in the last couple of years I've had um, um, quite a number of months um, acting as chief medical officer here at Eastern Health whilst my um, uh, whilst my chief medical officer has been um, away on on various forms of um, leave like long service and sabbatical and so on so um, yeah so the chief medical officer um, is 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 one of the um, pathways 
With regards to your work as a psychiatrist, yep. what does your typical day involve doing? Um, well, at the moment, um, I'm, um, I'm just doing half days of, um, of psychiatry. I do four half days a week. Um, but as an old age psychiatrist, um, you know, if, I can say what I do at the moment, but I can also sort of say what I would do when I was sort of working more full time um, as an old age psychiatrist. At the moment, um, I've got a very varied role. Um, so I um, oversee the clozapine patients in the service. Um, so we've got about 20 patients that need sort of regular sort of reviews and monitoring of the mandatory um, uh, monitoring um, and I co coordinate that with a clozapine um, nurse. Um, I also do um, triage, urgent triage assessments. So this morning, for example, I was um, um, I went out in the community for an urgent assessment and needed to arrange for um, the person to be admitted under an assessment order. Um, and first thing this morning, um, when getting to work before doing that, I went to do a um, consult liaison um, um, uh, case on one of the uh, the, the wards uh, in the hospital that I work. So my at the moment my job is really the the clozapine, the um, sort of triage assessments and consult liaison. And consult liaison is really great as a old age psychiatrist because again it's that sort of that medical um, psychiatry interface. So um, um, a lot of um, psychiatrists um, that have become old age psychiatrists are also doing their certificates in consult liaison and vice versa. So there's because um, most people in hospitals nowadays are older and so most consult liaison is actually on older adults so um, yeah so I think the thing about psychiatry is that it's um, it can be so varied in terms of um, and depending on how the service is set up and your role you can be doing um, inpatient work you can be doing um, outpatient work you can be doing community work we've also got the interaction and the consult liaison work and invariably we've got the interaction with the legal system um, regarding um, mental health act and so on so it's um and there's also the supervision of the registrars and the junior staff uh, so yeah there's you, you don't get bored seems as though there's a few different uh, uh roles that you have that other specialties might not have such as this community liaison or going out and doing assessments um, of patients outside. Was that one of the things that drew you to psychiatry? Um, I think that was one of the um, uh, one of the parts of the job that was that was interesting that I did as a as a student, um, and I did when I came back as a um, as an HMO, um, and uh, yeah, I think that would be. Um, you know is a factor I mean it's a privilege to be able to go into a person's home um, see how they're living um, getting the context around their sort of situation it's much different to seeing people in, in an outpatient clinic most people when they come into an outpatient clinic um, uh, come in they, they usually get sort of showered and dressed well um, particularly older people mm -hmm. um, and so you don't really get an accurate idea about sort of who they are and how they live and where they live and what the issues at home might be sure. um, so you're essentially stepping into their life when you go into their house yeah, correct it's very interesting um, and so i think that's um you know certainly certainly old age psychiatry and uh, to a lesser extent um 
general adult psychiatry, um, we do have that sort of um, that that interaction. In, in old age psychiatry, it's like geriatric medicine. It's that sort of that going into the homes is quite an intrinsic part of um, uh, part of the service, um, and as I say, can be um, very enlightening. Sure. What would you say is the most rewarding part about being a psychiatrist? Um, I think it's the um, it's the patience um, and it's being able to um, see people get better. Um, I think. Um, out of a um, lot of um, medical specialties, I think there's this uh, a feeling for people that maybe haven't had a lot of experience or exposure to psychiatry that 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 people don't get better necessarily, um, or there's we don't have a lot of um, you know treatment success. Um, but in actual fact, um, you know we we have um, a lot of people that actually get uh, significantly better. Um, go into remission, um, and 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 it's old age psychiatry. It's the same. I think people think people can be a little nihilistic um, about sort of um, older adults, uh, older people, and, and and if they've got psychiatric illness, there's a sort of feeling of of um, the fact that they're not likely to get better, which is um, not at all correct. So um, I think that's probably what I find most rewarding is actually. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing people having that relationship with them and actually helping them um, you know get as well as they can it would be more of a I would imagine more of a chronic kind of medical care as opposed to like an acute get well in two days and then Um, not see you again not not necessarily I mean I think that um, you know that typically um, um, you know seeing people um, either in the community or in clinic is usually as a second opinion for GPs after they've got a bit stuck Um, and so um, usually um, they would have input we would have input over three months or so and then they'd probably be well enough to go for inpatients our length of stay is longer than um, most other inpatient areas apart from sort of rehabilitation so the average length of stay for an inpatient would be sort of anywhere from sort of you know two to three weeks um, and um, but people at the end of that um, you know are significantly better can sometimes just be discharged back to their GP or sometimes they need some sort of ongoing care for a few months um, as an outpatient um, so yeah it's yeah people do get better and I think that um, you know people uh, get much better than what um, you know, people might uh, other people might think sure for a full-time psychiatrist how much of their work would be split between inpatients and outpatients do you think um, it depends on the on the job um, some um, psychiatrists just work in inpatient um, parts of the service um, and other um, psychiatrists just work in the in the outpatient area, so it really depends on the on the mix and the service. Um, um, I think there's actually, um, certainly in old age, there's great benefit in actually straddling the inpatient and outpatient um, areas, so you um, can look after um, be, and be involved in patients when they're unwell and need to be inpatient, and as they transition transition into the community you can maintain that role as the as the consultant psychiatrist and um, maintain that continuity of care. Sure. 
If there's any doctors you'd like us to interview, or if there's any questions you'd like asked, please shoot us a message. We listen and respond to every single message that comes through. Um, what aspect of your um, job as a psychiatrist is the most difficult to deal with? Um, I think the most difficult um, part is I think that the, the challenges with um, with um, patients who are in sightless, you know, who we need to um, you know involve the the Mental Health Act, um, and that you know it's clearly um, you know stressful for the patient, but it's also you know stressful for the psychiatrist as well to um, look at involuntary um, treatment. Um, so I think that's sort of one of the um, stressful areas. But I think the other stressful area is, I suppose, is is not specific to psychiatry. It's, it's throughout medicine is just, um, you know, the expectation um, that people have, and quite rightly so, of the type of the quality of care. And, and so it's, um, you know, and, and when that isn't met, um, um, there, you know, there can be, um, you know, complaints and, um, um, you know, unhappy, unhappiness from patients or their, or their, or their relatives. So it's those, it's those, so when things don't go well or as they should have, um, and having those discussions, I think that's, um, um, you know, can be um, distressing and, and stressful to, for all involved. Do you think that psychiatry has a larger proportion of, I guess, those kinds of issues, given, I guess, the kinds of uh, conditions that you're dealing with? Um, I don't. I don't think so. I think that's. I think it's sort of. Um, it, it's it's throughout um, medicine. Um, I, th I suppose in psychiatry. I mean, we do have. Um, you know, we do have various incidents that can be caused because people are unwell in terms of aggression and violence um, um, and people, um, you know, doing things um, that they wouldn't normally do because they're psychiatrically unwell. And, and of course, I suppose the other um, stressful thing is when a patient suicides, um, that's, um, as a psychiatrist, that is um, it's, it's stressful for the for the whole team uh, um, uh, because um, it's usually an unexpected event um, and and we and despite um, advances in psychiatry we're just not able to um, predict um, every time when an event like that will happen mm -hmm. sure you mentioned that uh, one of the reasons why you go into psychiatry was the, I guess, the work-life balance of it. Yep. Um, can you comment on the work-life balance that you have as a psychiatrist and what you what one might expect going through registrar and consultancy? Yeah. Um, as a um, as a registrar, um, there's obviously um, uh, uh, there's the the clinical work that you need to do, but there's also the the, the teaching. Um, and education aspect of it um, and uh, the psychiatry um, training scheme isn't um, um, uh, isn't light 
it, it's not um, it, it, I don't think to go into psychiatry thinking it's going to be uh, easy compared with um, other subspecialties it is it is um, um, a um, it does have a number of hurdles um, and that is, is not you, you know you have to work hard to make sure that you can pass the various sort of hurdles along the way the various exams so there's a lot of study as a, as a registrar there's also the on-call um, commitment so being on call in the evenings or overnight and in the weekends um, the on-call is um, possibly um, less than perhaps if one's being a medical or surgical registrar um, but um, it still does involve on-call um, so yes so it's yeah it, it's not a it's not an easy course to do um, uh, so it's you know one has to be um, um, prepared and to expect that um, as a um, uh, you know there is um, good supervision um, as a psychiatry registrar so the requirements are that sort of uh, people need to have um, um, designated um, time during the week um, to have um, supervision uh, with their supervisor including a including a, a, a one-hour supervision time each week on a one-to-one -one basis and that's throughout the five years of training um, as a psychiatry trainee you also need to learn psychotherapy and so you have um, various psychotherapy cases some of which can may last um, a year or two seeing the same patient for a year or two every um, every week or fortnight um, in order to sort of learn the sort of psychotherapy techniques and so um, that's um, um, another um, part of the training and commitment um, then the various exams the exams you know um, you know what what the exams are now might be different to have what the exams are going to be like and in another five years time I think there have been um, two or three changes in the um, um, curriculum and the ex or the exam um, or the fellowship pathway um, since I, I, I did the, my fellowship sure. um, so um, but invariably there are you know um, both um, uh, written exams um, there are also OSCE exams uh, where there are um, structured um, patient simulated sort of interactions um, and, uh, and and there's also um, various um, case reports um, that need to be submitted as well so yeah so there are various hurdles so it'd be well worth having a look at the um, the curriculum mm -hmm. um, as it stands at the moment knowing that it may well change again in a few years time sure. um, as a consultant, um, again, it, it's uh, a lot of consultants um, work full time in public practice as a psychiatrist. Um, uh, uh, some people work almost full time, but do a little bit of private psychiatry as well. Sure. Um, so, and would then, you say you have predictable work hours as a consultant? Yes. Yeah, predictable work hours. Um, still, there's on you know on call. Um, and um, but the on-call is um, you know probably less onerous than some of the other um, subspecialties like um, surgery mm -hmm. um, um, in particular. Sure. 
you have any particular interests outside of medicine? How do you fit that into your busy life? Um, I um, I love gardening, um, and so always, that's always easy to um, to fit in. Um, and uh, I like um, traveling and um, going out to um, socially in terms of um, uh, restaurants and catching up with friends and family. Sure. So um, um, that's how I sort of, how I um, occupy my myself at the moment outside of medicine. Yeah, and do you find that easy to work into? Um, your yeah, life. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, particularly in the summertime. I mean, the wintertime, you know, both, you know, usually you sort of leave home when it's dark and arrive home when it's dark. Sure. It's like that for, 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 for any specialty, I'm sure. Um, so it's in the summertime, it's always more easy to, to fit things in. Um, yeah. So overall, are you quite uh, happy with your work life balance with psychiatry, would you say? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Great. And the other question I had was given that you are the director of medical services, what uh, issues do you see uh, a lot of junior doctors running into on a frequent basis and how would you say that we should, I guess, try to prevent those from happening? So um, what's, do you have any particular sort of issues in mind? Not particularly. So I guess as an intern, it's your first time being, I guess, your first year as a doctor, there's yep. a lot of new things that you have to learn, a lot of new challenges and whatnot. Yep. Is, are there particular things that come to your mind um, f- which interns frequently run into, which could be prevented with uh, either more information or more experience or something like that? Um, so just thinking, probably uh, the interns, I, th- I think it's really trying to follow what the um, specific instructions are for the beginning of each of, of the runs. Um, so, and sometimes it's difficult to take all of that in, particularly at the beginning of the year. Um, but um, it's, you know, for example, in surgery, we really encourage people to get into theatre. Um, but it's surprisingly how often that that doesn't mm-hmm. happen as much as what we'd like it to happen, yes. for example. Yeah. Because even as a, um, even though I didn't go into surgery, um, it's, it's good that I know how theatre operates because, um, you know, my old age psychiatry patients, if they're going to theatre surgery for something, at least I know what they're going to be in for um, sure. and I can sort of talk them through it. And as a director of medical services, I, part of my responsibility is, is um, overseeing the sort of surgical services. So I need to sort of know you know, so so I suppose as an intern, it's sort of making sure that you you get all those experiences that 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 you're told that are important because they are important. Um, if you're not getting those experiences, if you're not getting the time to do them, um, then you need to sort of speak up and um, and let the medical workforce um, unit um, know who will then let the director of medical services know or will work through it. I think that's really good advice because oftentimes you can be intimidated and yep. not want to speak up, but knowing that you should speak up and yep. get those experiences and, is and, and, and you can speak up and you should speak up and and there should be no repercussions for you speaking up. Um, and if there, if, if, if there are, then you need to let us know about them because we can um, assist. Um, the other thing as an intern is just keeping up with all of the paperwork in terms of all of the um, the assessments that need to be done in terms of the midterm and uh, end of term assessments and uh, you know because all of that is you know needs to be all all um, 
on track in order to get your sort of um, full registration um, you know, at the end of the intern year. Great. Thank you so much. That's all the questions I have. I appreciate okay. your time. Not a problem. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to complete the survey for this episode. We want to make sure the episodes are as useful as possible and the surveys help us to monitor whether they're making an impact on our fellow peers. It only takes 30 seconds and it helps more than you can imagine. The link can be found on our Facebook and our blog. All right, guys, see you next week.